Welcome to Following the Fire, a podcast for Christians who are rethinking their faith and need a safe place to doubt. As we wander through the spiritual wilderness, we want to find and follow God wherever the pillar of fire leads. And just like God's people in the Bible, we get lost, we miss the point, and we don't have all the answers. But maybe that's okay. We're on this journey together. I'm Nathan. And I'm Steve. Even on my heart Can't compare with what you're Hey, how you doing, Nathan? Hey, I'm good. Had a bad hair day today. I need a I need a haircut. I feel that. Yeah. Bad hair day. Was it the? It's the wind, isn't it? It's yeah. It's trash day, so I had to go outside, and it was bad news. I, I had some big presentations with, like you know, the big bosses in it, and I looked ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's their fault for caring. People are used to it by now, so it's like they're like, oh, "It's just Nathan. He's gonna." Yeah, the guy with on. the hair and the beard. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's it's like your it's your it's your thing. It's my everybody thing. Need, everybody it's, needs a thing. Yeah, it's my way to be authentically myself. There you go, buddy. It's my uh, <laughs> there you go, diversity, buddy. <laughs> diversity and inclusion initiative is like, hey, even straight white guys don't have to fit the mold, you know? Right. You wear your capris and your long hair. I love capris <laughs> so much. Yeah. When people at work found out that I wear capris, since then they have not let me. Hear the, hear the end of it, but they're the best <laughs> kind of pant. As you it's deserve. Good to know that you are affectionately. Yeah, you're confident in yourself. That's good. Yeah. Yep. Either uh, like just delusional or confident, unaware. Yep. I follow this person on TikTok. Uh, I think the username is Chris Paul Rainbows, and uh, it's a non non-binary uh, individual. And they were, um, they have this pretty well-known, well, you know, I guess in certain circles, it's a kind of a, kind of a well-known, they do a drag queen, drag queen story hour and their, like their alter ego is called, um, lady girl, fancy pants. God bless. <laughs> and, and they were talking about it on a video. They're like, I think I'm done with lady girl, fancy pants. I think she came along when I needed her because I, I felt vulnerable doing this stuff by myself. But now I think I am ready to, to sh- I want to show people, I want to keep doing the story hour, but I don't want to do it as Chris Paul Rainbows instead of the other one. Because I want to show people how, how valuable it is to just be yourself and how wonderful it is to be yourself. So those are neat, stunning. neat little message. Do you say stunning, Hannah? Mm-hmm. Stunning. Does that mean the same thing to them as it does to us, Steve? I think so. Is it a good thing to be stunning? I think it's pretty good. Or is yes, it like, it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stunning is good. Y'all good to go, Noah? Yes, I am good. <laughs> do not smack in the mic. I, I won't do that during the actual podcast. Oh, this is the show. Oh, it all stays, it's all in the show. It all stays in the show. No, no, this is this is live, isn't it? It's in the shows in the show. Yeah, it's live, Noah. <laughs> Actually, give me a second. I can make it live on YouTube. If you want me to. Here. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we'll need more guys. We're we're gonna start out by I'll probably do kind of an intro. Um, and 
kind of define who Generation Z is for our UK customers? Are there any UK uh, customers of this podcast? Give me a second. I hate it here. Do they exist? Joke. What? (laughs) They do. British people? We have people... Yeah, we have people listening from like thirty countries. No, Dad, it's a it's it's a meme that British people don't exist. No, hey, oh, is it? That's actually not that meta meme. Uh, the real meme is that like nobody lives in New Mexico. Oh, that's the new one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's been around for like a month or two. No, no, no. Um, sorry. So I, it, I, that I does that mean it's almost it's almost run its course? Month or two. <laughs> Give, uh, this this one's more um, stupid. Which means it might stay for longer. So Yeah, honestly. There, if a meme is stupid, there are two ways it can go. Die real quick or go on for way longer than it needs to. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Is the point of the meme to get old people to explain why it's wrong? Because that was my impulse. <laughs> no, it's no, not. It's because we find it funny. I I don't know, we find it hilarious. I wanted to say like, well act well actually. The more <laughs> Actually, there are people in New Mexico. Yeah, this is this is off to a great start. I can, I can feel the God coursing through this podcast, right? So, Hannah, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I've been, um, I did some schoolwork. I placed in the next bracket on in a Beat Saber tournament. I'm still mad that you beat me. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Like, I'm sorry. Cause we you keep said... apologizing for being better than me at a song in Beat Saber. Yeah, you need to rub it in a little bit, Hannah. Yeah, come No, on. I refuse. Be mean. No. See, this is the problem. You're so nice, and Quit. Noah's not. Quit. Quit. I hate so, this game. <laughs> is Beat Saber like Guitar Hero for Star Wars? Sorry, no. It's like, well, it's like kind Guitar of. Hero for VR, kind of. <laughs> It's a VR thing. Yeah, yeah it's basically but it's a, you have, it's a lightsaber, right? You have yes. two yes. lightsabers. One is one color and the other is a different color, and it's important because there's two different colored blocks, and the, the blocks come at you, you, and you swipe at them. You cut them in the direction that the arrow is pointing. So if the arrow is pointing this way, then you cut it like this, and it's, it's like Dance songs. Dance Revolution. So it's yeah, Dance Dance Revolution, VR. but we have violent. Like this and it, it looks. Well, really but with cool. your there arms, are no yeah. people being harmed. Only blocks. <laughs> Well, I mean, you could probably get a mod where it's just people instead of blocks. I don't like that. <laughs> that sounds it's gory. Bad. It's virtual reality. Well, I mean, it doesn't have to be gory. You could just make it like chopping people in half and it's just like sparks instead of blood. Like yeah. This isn't going in the podcast, right? Bad. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it here. So, uh, yeah, so Nathan and I are here with my children. Yeah, it's my first podcast. Yeah, so um, Hannah is my eldest and more, most geriatric daughter, and oh, she's wow. nine. <laughs> tell tell us briefly about yourself, Hannah, and then we'll get to your little bro. Please, geriatric, I'm gonna cry. Um, hello, my name is Hannah. Uh, I am 19. I am. I was going to say thriving, but like it's a work in progress, you know. Uh, <laughs> I am autistic. I have ADHD. I am a Christian who's deconstructing. How's that? All right. Sure. Yeah. What do you like to do? 
oh, I like to play Minecraft and do like D&D type role playing stuff. I read lots of uh, manga and play games with my friends, video games. Cool. And uh, Noah, tell us about yourself. Um, my name is Noah, in fact. Nice. Um, I got it right. I'm basically neuro. <laughs> I, I'm probably neurotypical. Probably. <laughs> I'm Hopefully. The older you get, the less confident you'll be in that. That's what my experience has been. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The experience yeah, at the party at my at like the the school dance at my school. Yeah, no one's no one at a school dance is anything typical. It's all like <laughs> my reaction to it after a while did not give me confidence in my neurotypicalness. <laughs> Anyways, how old are you? I am turning fifteen soon. Actually, like really soon. Ah, uh, yes, you're still. You're still at the age where you're like, oh, I'm turning blank soon instead of mm-hmm. just stating how you're old you are. 14 and three quarters is what you're saying. Well, so I'm goes, mm-hmm. you're 14. turning in two months, but it's also. This- I'm turning 20 sooner than you. You don't, you don't see me saying that. <laughs> I'm now, now. It's, it's a big milestone <laughs> because I get to get my driver's permit. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I'm not really going deal. to. I don't really trust myself. <laughs> well, I don't trust you I either, but it's in any kind of uh, go kart. <laughs> that's why you need a permit. <laughs> so, what do you like to do in your off time, Noah? Uh, I do many things. Probably the most common one, the most one, I, the the most one I do, um, is just... video games for sure. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a gamer at heart. One of my Any favorites. Um, I like myself a tad of Minecraft. Not as much. I don't. That's one of my least favorite games, but it's still really good in my opinion. I also play, you know, Destiny, Apex. The, the the shooty games that are Nerd. probably probably not follow the Bible's guidelines. I guess God would be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, there's in that whole man. section in in New Testament about like which video games you should play. First person, yeah, first person shooter games. Yeah. Yeah. Paintball mode on only. Do they have paintball mode still? <laughs> Minecraft does, but that's on a server. So don't worry about it. Pretty lame. Um, yeah, my favorite game is Terraria. Because okay. um, do you mind? Is that like Minecraft, but in one D or like two D? It's people say it's it's people say it is Minecraft in two D, but it's it's not. kind of similar. It's it's Minecraft adjacent, I would say. If you knew where, everything about Minecraft and nothing about Terraria and tried to play Terraria, you'd be you would not do well. Lost. You would <laughs> be I've played I've played a lot of Terraria, but a long time ago I didn't know this. It's a great game. It's it's. It's pretty. Yeah, it's like, pretty good. I have close to two thousand combined hours over all the different yeah. platforms. Oh my word! I have. I need. I need to cut you back on that a little bit. Yeah, like... no, please. I mean, probably same on massive. It was <laughs> mostly massive. during the quarantine. So uh, yeah. The that quarantine mm-hmm. summer, I did nothing but like Terraria and Apex. True. Yeah, I just realized actually, all three of you, except everybody on this call, except for me, is a saxophone player. Uh-huh. I just got a tenor sax yesterday, a new yeah. one, a, a brand, a brand shiny new one. No, he didn't. Where, is it a rental? Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah, cool. he's gonna be in high school band next year, so okay, getting all ready for that. Also, uh, I know it's surprising, but I do other things other than just video games, which is weird for a fourteen-year-old. <laughs> I do you, you code video games. 
I code on scratch. on scratch. It's not quite the same, but that's what I want to do for a job. Uh, I I art sometimes. I do did I do 3D art and I write sometimes occasionally. Sunlight warms my face and the air fills my lungs. Summer sun brings growth and the winter cold gives rest. Crunchy leaves feel good beneath my feet. And I'm just not sure I have. Yeah, so the reason we wanted to have you guys on the podcast is um, partly I, I, I guess I like you and you know enjoy talking to you. Uh, but you both are of the Generation Z, as they say, across the pond. Or Z. Why did you just call me? And so I am technically barely in Generation X, which is the generation that everybody forgets about. Didn't get a name. <laughs> it's just X. Except for all the Gen Z kids with Generation X parents that are constantly talking about how they're forgotten. Because you're like the nice ones. There's boomers who are like mean and crabby. There's mm-hmm. millennials who are like loud. And then Gen Z's were goblins. <laughs> millennials are loud? Loud and um, lifestyle e. <laughs> yeah, I saw this YouTuber who is a millennial and he described millennials as be all almost all of them just are just borderline functioning alcoholics. <laughs> How, do you take that personally nathan since you are a millennial yeah the, we outnumber uh, you old man i mean you are in colorado with a lot of i don't know if this is the gen x experience but i'm sure this is the gen z experience which is that just whatever you are if there's a name for it just your whole life you you're like the problem like because the yeah. next generation is always the like the the one where it's getting worse you know they're they believe in institutions less or they're uh-huh. millennials. Yeah. You know, we're not getting jobs and we buy expensive avocado toast and we don't, we can't afford houses. Cause you drink fancy coffee. That's a really expensive avocado toast. All millennials do is drink fancy coffee, eat, mil- yeah. eat avocado toast and not pay for houses. Mm. I had a coworker who was complaining and he was complaining about this next generation. And I was like, yeah, they're the worst. And then I realized that he was talking about my generation. <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> Oh no! That's what, funny. Did you say anything? So it's hard to. I think it's such a natural thing to just think like the new thing is not as good as my thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. but it's interesting. So um, here's a before we get too deep into it. Here's something that's really fun for me, and probably not for other people. But um, it's generations don't exist. There's no such thing as a generation, right? But things form groups of people. Yep. Your your environment forms a group of people. That's how we get generations that can have any kind of a characteristic to them that's distinct from another one. And so mm-hmm. if we if we did X to millennial to Gen Z, things like what do you remember about the Cold War? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what was your first experience with the Internet like? Uh, Palm Pilot. <laughs> you know, where, where were you on September 11th? In my mother's womb. <laughs> you know, and what, you know, what, what is the common, like, cultural phenomenon that your friends all experienced at the same time that was, like, the biggest thing in your generation? Things like that are, are so interesting to, to understand in different generations. Hmm. 
So like all, mm-hmm. so I got my first phone when I was 16. Cell phone? Right. First cell phone. It was the kind that's buttons and text only, right? No internet or yep. um, battery lasted about two to three weeks. Um, Whoa. Dang. Wait, hacky sack. I, it was a Nokia. It was a Nokia. Indestructible. <laughs> they don't break. They are, you could, the like, the one thing that could stop Thanos and in Infinity War would be a Nokia. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're still going. Could play Snake on it, so I don't want to brag, but there were video games on my calculator and on my phone. I actually jailbroke oh. my calculator to get games on it. There's my internet I got on CDs that said AOL on them that you would get at the mall for free. <laughs> free hour. Ah. You got free hours. And you, if someone was hours. on the phone, you, ran the internet. you could hear the internet. Wait, you ran the, the internet on a CD? Well, it had the app that you installed on your computer and yeah. it also gave you a certain so you amount of free hours. To yeah. The yeah. Internet. You had to slap okay. in the Internet Explorer CD into the. No, this is pre Internet <laughs> Explorer, man. To... Yep. Oh. <laughs> no, so it's so it's, and then I was, you know, like of course, like everyone, every human, I remember exactly where I was on September 11th. I was on my way to junior high school and I was waiting for my friend and like most people, uh I was I was watching the news just in case it was a snow day, you know. Mm-hmm. I checked every every morning the like local news <laughs> on the on the television and I watched a plane run into the tower. Wow. Yeah, I've seen videos just on the internet of that, like just like recordings yeah. of people in the streets on that day, and it's that's just like one of the most horrifying things I could imagine. The, the big thing I remember Ever. when I was a kid was the Challenger space shuttle exploding. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was in elementary and uh, walking back from art class, and they mentioned something about it. I was like, "What? Space wow. shuttles can't explode?" Yeah. What do you mean? That's the most surprising thing. I've and I'm played. guessing that for you guys, a lot of this will be around, a lot of your memories will be around COVID because it's pretty been pretty impactful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My, for sure. Me out here about to say, oh, I just realized I think we're going to remember the, the insurrection on January 6th. And then I'm like, oh, COVID. Yeah. Yeah. COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The first yeah, insurrection. Um, You'll remember like, oh, do you remember the first little insurrection? <laughs> Like remember when it was like you know the mini one on January sixth. So did you get? Did you have to wait until you're sixteen to get a cell phone? I got a phone. It was like a flip phone. Uh, in fourth grade, after pleading with my parents for one, and then I could, and then because my school at the time was really strict about phones, phone usage at school. I could only check it when I was waiting to be picked up and I didn't really do much with it. It was like it, it was like straight up. Like it had like the nine keys totally and you'd like press the numbers that. for the letters. You forgot was about the that flip phone? Was it, it was the a flip, flip phone. phone. Oh yeah. I think I remember that a little bit. Yeah. Was it kind of chunky? It was like weird. Yeah, that's chunky right. And I think we phone. got you a iPhone or a handy me, hand me down iPhone when you were 13. And then we had to take it back mm-hmm. because you abused it. You know, no shade. <laughs> Just happens, you know. Thanks. Teenagers are, are, you know, they're dumb kids. You you punched your iPhone a few too many times. We had yeah, to... that's what happened. I haven't gotten a phone taken away, like, for a long time. Oh, we can we can change that. So, why? Generation X. <laughs> Generation X. So, is six, anyway. <laughs> Generation X is people born from 65 to 80. 
Millennials is 81 to 96. Obviously, all a construct, like Nathan said. Z is 97 to 2012. And the one coming up next is Generation Alpha. Alpha. I was wondering if it was going to be a variant. Alpha male. They ran out of letters. (laughs) No. It's it's like... Sigma male. It's like the uh, Dimitri Martin joke about how when they were naming vitamins, they're like (laughs) A, B, whoa, there's a lot of these. We're B1, B12, you know, B6. <laughs> no, they didn't have any, any more. See, skip to K. Yeah, so they start with is there like the silent generation, baby boomers, generation X, and they're like, oh, I guess the next one's Y, and the next one's Z. Oh, shoot, I guess alpha. What's after that? Let's switch to the Greek alphabet. Greek alphabet yeah. time. Anyway, so we we talk a lot about on this podcast about faith and beliefs and, and you know our perception yeah. and stuff. And... We obviously we're talking about it from uh, an X slash millennial perspective for the most part, just because you know it's who we are. But I thought it'd be kind of cool to get some, uh, ask you guys some questions about faith and and your faith journeys and what and and you know as you're much more of an expert on th- your generation than I am. I mean. We joke a lot about, like, I think in, even in this podcast, we've joked about how, like, a few episodes ago, joked about, like, your slang and how it changes all the time yes. and, and what you, things actually mean. You, you, pulled, you pulled me into, into the office, um, into the office room uh, before, like, while you were editing that, was like, hey, Hannah, get a load oh, of that's this. Right. That's right. <laughs> and I was dying. Yeah. <laughs> But it, it turns out you guys do have more to provide the world than just goofy memes and Gee, thanks. And, and slang that nobody understands. <laughs> We're the ones who are going to have to fix the world. Exactly. Uh, we have opinions and lives. That's surprising. Yeah, well, yeah, you, <laughs> no. you barely do. But, you know, you do. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so we wanted to ask you some questions and um, it, and. Like we'll let one of you, we'll ask each one of you questions, and you can each answer the question. But we'll get to that in a second. So I'll start off, and then I'll let it, let Nathan ask, ask questions. I just want to start like on a very high level. What? I'll start with you, Hannah. What is a difference that you see in how the older generations, like Nathan and I, and above, how we approach religion and faith differently than Gen Zers? specifically in re- in relation to Christianity or religion and faith as a whole? Uh, kind of as a whole. I mean, either way. I Answer either way. Mm-hmm. So as a whole, people are way more open about it. Like, I often now hear about um, witches, like pagan witches mm-hmm. and people who are Wiccan. And um, I think it's really neat that at least... Like the like Gen Z sort of has like way has a way more open minded outlook on the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that is easily translating over to views on religion for the most part. Okay. <laughs> I still have I still have arguments with the conservative kid in my humanities class. I, I really feel like um I don't hang out with enough non I, I haven't ha- hung out with enough non-conservative kids for not long enough like I've, I've i'm in new school i feel like there's enough that i'm starting to see that other people that people are different you know yeah. people are actually not terrible because my old school was like 
a hundred percent made of just super conservative kids that were all like fundamentalist Christian parents that are like super, you know, either racist or homophobic or whatever, Mm. like not accepting of just anything different because the Bible, I guess, or maybe it's just because they don't feel like it. It's not always just the Bible, but. So in general, more, oh, I agree. That's what I see from as far as your generation goes. Uh, it's generally more open and accepting of it's like default is open and accepting until other information comes along. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's really nice at the new school with people not being. Yeah. And as opposed to, yeah. I, I think like parent, like my parents age and up especially, and you know, some of my age as well, the default seems to be kind of a, uh, like a defensive mode sort of is is part of the openness also like there's one part of open openness that is you accept things and you're fine with things but another part is that you talk about those things that Mm. you know like maybe we were taught formerly that you don't talk about this kind of thing in polite society you just keep those things to yourself is there is there also more openness just willing to share beliefs with strangers or beliefs you know, in, in those kinds of situations, or do you think that it's more just the acceptance part? I feel like there's definitely a more open nature, a more open nature about like everything as a whole, including stuff like social taboos, I suppose. Um, less so than perhaps one would expect, but like still like about like mental health as an example. But yeah, there's like a, there's like an openness to, um, other people's like identities and the way other people conduct their lives as well as an openness to sharing stuff. Mm. Uh, I feel like, um, I, I, I can only speak for myself in this, but part, part of the way, the reason I'm, you know, more open about stuff is mostly because of the internet and, not having to have not having to you know speak to somebody directly where they can see me you know it gives me i guess a bit of self confidence to be more open mm-hmm. i i don't know interesting mm-hmm. that that's exact i was going to ask that if at school if that openness happens when you're interacting with people face to face or if it's it's there's a difference between those two environments and that you're more open and in one environment than the other. Yeah, I also feel like um the whole school question is like I I I, I it's really tough cuz I've only ever really been open on the internet because my old school it was like so against being open about anything. Hmm. So I I don't really I've never really experienced being in a school where I it's not kind of discouraged or prohibited you know yeah do you have this is maybe going to sound like a funny question but do you have friends on the internet that you only know through the internet and that you're not you weren't friends with yes. the person in real life hannah has so many and yes. i kind of yes molded i've kind of melted into the friend group mm-hmm. hannah's online friend group i have a lot of friends that i love quite dearly that i've never met in person that i've only met through the internet yeah. And I love them a couple much. of them that um, we've 
uh, unofficially adopted even. <laughs> you know who you are, besties. <laughs> so that for, for you, Hannah, like in real life versus the internet, do you find that same thing where it's the openness happens because of the internet or is the, does it bleed into real life or physical in-person life? I think it, Ooh, that's a good question. I think there is a lot of openness on the internet for one. Like I remember seeing a meme a while back about how having like best friends that you know from over the internet is wild because you'll like help them through like a mental breakdown or through like something really, really serious and then be like, wait, you have a dog? <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, you live in this state? Like, <laughs> like you get, sometimes you get to know someone on like a really deep level if you do like become friends like that and then superficial stuff starts filtering in um it's like you start deep and go up from there instead of the other way you around. start yeah mm. but that's but uh careful that's not everyone sure um some people on the internet are just like people but like some people do become like your friends and it's great so how, how does do, do you think that that plays into uh your beliefs at all about god and stuff um, I think it has slightly because for a couple, for a couple years, one of my best friends, um, was a witch. And by that, I mean, like, they are still like a, like a pagan witch, just not like one of my bestest friends right now. Anyway, um, but I remember before I was more open with my faith and beliefs I was like in my head like privately I was like you're wrong mm. but I don't know what to do about that mm. <laughs> I remember one of the last bad leaps uh, in my faith that I had was like I need to be telling my friends about God and Jesus and um, it would be very cool if they became Christian uh, and like I threw something away recently that reminded me of that. I like there was like a retreat or something like that where you like wrote on like a little plastic like switch on and off candle, mm -hmm. and I you like wrote on it, and I like saw that now, and I like threw it away. I was like gross. <laughs> um, I remember that friend and a couple of other friends saying that it feels really scummy for Christians to become friends with someone just so they can like convert them mm -hmm. to their own mm -hmm. faith. And like, that made me think, I was like, Ooh, <laughs> Ooh, dang, <laughs> you right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was taught that as quote unquote, friendship mm. evangelism. Gross. Yeah. I, that reminds me a little bit of in elementary school where it was a lot more laid back than the high school at, at that old school. Yeah. And uh, I had mostly friends. I think I had all friends that weren't Christian and I didn't, like, befriend them just to convert them. But, like, for some reason, I felt obligated to try to make them Christian for mm -hmm. some reason. Because mm -hmm. I had been taught that the only way you get to heaven is by being Christian. I was like, well, I want to see them in heaven. I want to see my friends. Sure. So now I'm going to try to convert them or whatever. And it was really weird, hmm. you know? And... It's super weird going thinking back on that, but I guess it was just kind of what I was taught at church. I don't know. 
So how have things changed for you in the past couple of years? I mean, obviously your dad yeah. is kind of hosting a deconstructionish podcast. Gone right? off the deep end. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm still mad that you didn't name it the Godcast. I wanted to. That was, was taken. taken. I thought we went over that. It was taken. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you just refused. I thought you just refused. Also, to... we wanted to set expectations lower than that. You got to... <laughs> You gotta come out of the gate pretty good if you're called the Godcast. Yeah, that's a good point. We got us. Yeah, uh, it can't well. be your first podcast if you're gonna name it the Godcast. Yeah, work up to that. I'm gonna lose it. Um, in the past few years, my so like around like five ish years ago or so, maybe even more than that, uh, the idea of like the Bible was not meant was not written for us. It was written for other people with different contexts and different history. And maybe it wasn't supposed to be taken literally and stuff like that. Um, that's when I started like thinking about that kind of stuff. And then more recently I've like totally let go of like basically, well, not totally. Like I feel like I've let go of basically everything except, um, be kind to me loving yeah it's i don't know why but i feel like subconsciously ever since the deconstruction stuff i have like kind of stopped really caring about things like whatever the bible says because you know when like i was kind of you know i feel like 14 is a relatively young age with all this stuff going on yeah and before that i was pretty young and I, I, it was learning like all the Bible stories. I thought it was cool, but I never viewed them as like, oh, this exactly happened or whatever. Ooh. Or this is like, this is fact and it should be taught as fact and it's super important. Like the Adam and Eve stuff. That was always like, I, maybe not. Mm. I don't know. But now I was. I definitely know that's like, oh, no, definitely not. And it's interesting because I it, it's I haven't changed that much compared to where I was before the whole deconstruction thing. Has, you know, like those of us who are like in an office or someone had a huge disruption the last couple of years and people who are going to school like you also had a huge, huge disruption to like what was normal life. Have you found that? like because of COVID and now that we're going back to kind of a more uh, in-person reality again, in-person school or non-masked school, are there things that have changed in those last two years? Are, are you online more of the time or do you have more online friends versus friends at school now? Um, you know, have you noticed, a, yeah. a, you know, a, a changed perception when you go to school versus how you felt before? I certainly have like I've been spending more time with my online friends uh, since COVID hit. Um, And I do, I mean, my initial uh, thought was like, Oh, I don't think like it's like COVID's changed my perspective on things. But then I realized, I think I know, I think it's helped me to know when to like dig my heels in for something that, I like particularly believe in, i.e. if it keeps 
uh, people safe with like with masks for example um or if it's something that i really believe like for masks or like my own beliefs religious or otherwise okay i mean a lot has changed about me since the beginning and my views and stuff because at the beginning i was in sixth grade and now i'm almost in ninth grade and i feel like that's probably the biggest amount of change like anybody there's a lot of change going on anyway most concentrated change (laughs) and it happened it happened to happen during the quarantine which on top of all of the stuff also changed stuff you know i feel like the the whole christianity stuff didn't you know, it only really changed with when, like, the deconstruction stuff and leaving the old church happened. And my views on, like, other matters, but, you know, being more accepting towards certain groups of people is... I hadn't... Like, I, I never really specifically thought it was, like, crazy, but now I feel like I'm more specifically accepting towards them. Why do you think you're more accepting? Because I think both of you are now than you used to be. What what has led you to be more accepting of people? Uh, Realizing that it's not worth the the anxiety or the effort to go through uh, not being accepting. Hmm. Um, and like that's not the only sure. reason, of course. Um, but like realizing that not being accepting is it, I was about to say is wrong, but I feel that that may be taken very strongly. I mean, it's you're not wrong when you say it's wrong. It's something similar, <laughs> if not. It's uh, harmful, um, maybe. There we go. Yeah, it is incredibly harmful. I don't have any friends on the internet. I've never had a friend on the internet. You got a friend in me, man. You're yeah. You're you're <laughs> IRL. Well, the way that you meet people online uh, usually is like through a shared interest or like a game that you play together or like a forum. Like um, most, of, like for example, most of all of my friends that I have on the internet right now, I realize actually I met through my special interest, which is like this um, Minecraft D and D esque role play medieval fantasy server, um, where our characters got like close as like people like friends and then we that starts requiring closeness between like us as players like oh do you want to role play like later or like oh i think this uh is like a cool direction for their uh relationship to go in or like what do you think about like my character doing this and whatever and that just leads to becoming friends with the people interesting i've wondered if the like the openness that happens on, on the internet or with internet friends. Uh, part of that is anonymity, you know, like people don't see who you are. You kind of get to be whoever you want to be in some Mm -hmm. ways. But, um, Mm -hmm. I wonder if part of it too, is that the way that you find people means that you are already very similar in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? So that, Mm -hmm. so it's not like you're just open with anyone on the internet. If you could just get on page one of the internet, right. It's that, you've already self-selected out to be in this group that is going to 
of people with like a shared interest yeah. at the very least. Cause there are still plenty of people I don't get along with on um, that server. <laughs> um, my parents know <laughs> I've grieved yeah. about some choice individuals, but yeah, it's definitely, I mean like, yeah, it's a very interesting way of like putting it. You're right. Yeah. I, th- I think it's, it's interesting having a like an apparent apparent or authority figure or multiple authority figures go through a deconstruction is probably an interesting you know we'll we'll see how that comes out in therapy in later years and what yeah, that you know what right. that does what do you, <laughs> what questions are you allowed to ask that maybe we weren't or what do you notice that you maybe didn't notice before um i think uh something i've been curious about is what will happen with generation alpha and beta. I've, I have this strong reaction that things on the internet are bad. That, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that like this, don't give out your personal information to people on the internet. They could be lying to you because it, it's anonymous and everything. Yeah. yeah the, the, the internet mm-hmm. is going to ruin your life. If you post mm-hmm. the wrong thing, uh, we were definitely taught that, but also just, um, the generations above us were worried because we went from nothing to starting to interact with the internet like this and get sucked in. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I have taken that and internalized that. And so like I am raising, I'm raising a kid that like, I want him to be on farms touching dirt. I want him to be like touching in playgrounds and, and that, you know, like far away from the internet. So that's a pendulum swing reaction away from the scary thing, the internet that I'm, you know, nervous is sucking my soul away. Um, so that that's, there's a couple of questions there. One is, um, just, do you think that those next generations are going to be even more native internet people than you? Um, and also what is your relationship with the phone, with an app, with the internet? Like, I think that they're absolutely going to be more dependent on, well, not maybe dependent, um, but definitely more internet native than um, Gen Z. Gen Z is already pretty internet native, but like alpha is like growing up with like iPads in their hands. Like didn't the first iPhone come out the year Noah was born? Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) it did. I am as old as iPhones. I, I had a Palm Pilot. I had a I had a Palm Pilot and I barely got anything out of that. I do yeah I do think uh, Generation Alpha is going to have more internet nativity than us, which is hard to imagine. But that's yeah, okay. I feel like <laughs> it might not be the worst thing as long as you don't give them Twitter, which I see a lot of parents not caring about and just giving their Generation Alpha children. Twitter for some reason. What's wrong with Twitter? It's just words. <laughs> oh boy! I'm gonna have to ask you. You to haven't heard about a about a, a choice president, ex president, in that case. <laughs> no, you you don't have to follow the bad people. You just follow the good people. Right, that's what Hannah does. But you know, that's what everyone it's still thinks. Twitter. It's, it's still Twitter. <laughs> so that, that makes me think of something. One thing I've noticed about your generation is that you get very very passionate about things on the internet. Well, people are wrong. <laughs> where like, there's somebody wrong on the internet, you know? Yeah. 
And that, that made, yeah. like, and I, you know, honestly, it, you guys know this, but like it causes kind of like some consternation with your old people, parents mm -hmm. who are like, why are you freaking out about this? There's nothing you can do about it. And so yeah. we see, we see like from my perspective, I see this passion, like you want to fix the world and repair it and make it better because you see all the problems because you're on the internet all the time and all you see is the problems. So you need to fix it. Uh, how how do you think that, how, do, how does that kind of translate to how do like you church do that? stuff? <laughs> like what stuff? I'm sorry. Oh, like, church stuff? How does it turns it to church stuff? It sure makes me want to make everything better. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it makes, it gives me the, you know, involuntary response of like, oh, this is what they should do. This is what they should do to make it better. Oh, maybe this could be changed or maybe get mm -hmm. new leaders or whatever. And I feel like it's really not good, because, mainly because I can't do anything about it and I'm getting stressed over something. Mm. Like extra stressed over this because it's like I could be doing something, but I can't. But I literally can't be doing anything at all, so... Just like another so how has, layer. So, so the deconstruction stuff is kind of stressing you out. Uh, well, not as not. I mean, not specifically the deconstruction stuff, but you know, the old church. Mm -hmm. The it's, it's like stressed right, you out. Right before we actually like officially left, you know, um. There were there was a lot of stuff that I could have just been like, why don't they just change this or this and it would be better, and we could just go back to normal lives. But mm -hmm. at this point, I feel like it's just too late to try to change anything because they're not gonna change. You are slightly more pessimistic than I am. I am I'm more sorry. optimistic. No, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just noting. Sorry, I know I know parents don't like me saying this, but oh, dear. No, I, I don't I feel like last semester really made me a little bit more pessimistic. I'm mm. I'm growing out of it more slowly. slowly. Yeah, uh, your your experiences with um certain political <laughs> certain political uh, has party certainly, has certainly um seemed to have made you more pessimistic about people changing and people caring yeah because nobody back then i would try to get them to change and, and it, it was worthless it was hopeless mm -hmm. there and that's so now totally i'm valid. used to things being hopeless <laughs> and you're more you seem more willing to accept that some things can be hopeless not everything yeah. can be changed <laughs> meanwhile i <laughs> yeah yell I, about I, everything <laughs> I was going to ask you, you had mentioned that you've got to fix the, the world, your generation, um, mm -hmm. do maybe Noah and Hannah, do you feel like the pressure of, I have to do something about this, or this is something that is up to me or, or the other side of that is that you can just be like, well, you know, this part of the world is messed up. I'm going to, I'm going to close my eyes and ignore it. Uh, it's certainly something that our generation, uh, the people who are going to be in charge of things like that are going to have to worry about. I feel like, um, like the reason I said that is because like global warming has become way more relevant recently and stuff like that. Uh, and 
our generation is going to have to be the ones picking up the debris left by all of these harmful environmental things. And I mean, like, I don't think that I'm ever going to be in a position to do anything important on that level of not importance, but like on that level of like activism question mark. Um, but I mean, I want to help in the small ways that I can, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 um, I feel a lot of pressure when it comes to like specifically the very inevitable event of a war caused by the old people, you know, by the older generation, and we're going to be forced to pick it up because they're just going to be dead of old age by the time it's over or something like that. You know, it's like, well, what a foreign you know, concept that we've never experienced ever. Never once, not once in history, not even, not specifically not like 200 years ago ish. Life is pain. Yeah, and it's, uh, it kind of goes along with the the endless, stop, unstoppable uh, optimism that you guys have. Well, except for Noah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, who's been beaten down by life already at fourteen. I'm a grizzled old man. But um, and I, you know, your mom is your mom often says that you know you're going to be the generation that saves the world, that saves us all. But what if I don't want to be the generation that saves us all? What if I don't trust myself? It's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, lot of pressure. We're gonna have to. I don't trust myself I mean, either, bestie. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm gonna be in my 60s picking up trash off the beach, you know. Yeah, and I'm I'm really curious. What do you think? What do you guys think? So we're in a state in a, in a position right now where, or in a, in a time in history, where the access to information has, I think, been a huge part of the the path toward deconstruction for many people my age and younger. Because I would, I would say for in the deconstruction world that I've been a part of or come across, it's mostly Gen Xers and younger. I don't mm-hmm. see a lot of older folks doing this, not a lot. Mm-hmm. But that access to information is is making things. It's just changing things, and so it's mm-hmm. changing. Pe- people are like learning new stuff, and they're doubting things in different ways. And churches are changing now. Some churches are dying off. A few here in town have closed down after COVID and everything. How do you, what do you think a church is going to look like in the future once the Gen Z kids, who are generally more open, take over as is all right? <laughs> yeah. Do you think it'll look different or, I mean, give us I... your crystal ball real quick. What? Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I gotta get out the fushigi real quick. <laughs> fushigi yeah. ball. Um, I don't know. That's because I feel like yeah. a lot of younger people are gravitating away from like traditional churches and mm-hmm. churches at all. Um, not that I think that's a bad thing because churches were originally just fellowship and vibes and hanging out and talking about yeah, mostly how to vibes. Do things good. Mostly vibes. No, yeah. um, no bet. Bet. No. Are off. No cap. No cap. But we please, also don't say that. That was please. like a year ago. 
<laughs> Let me correct. It was some so stuff. last month, Nathan. We are going to correct stuff at the end of the podcast. Ask us the sling. Don't oh worry. yeah, that's gonna be an end segment. Um, but like, I think that um, I think church in the original definition of the word is going to still happen. Okay. But not as it is currently. Which is like in in buildings every Sunday with hmm. do this and this and this, but more like some church Discord servers hanging. <laughs> stop, uh, but more like hanging out uh, and talking about like, hey, how are you doing? You doing okay? You need help with stuff? Um, like more relationship based. Yes. As opposed to worship based. As opposed to structured. Oh, okay. worship based. Does that? This is a. I feel so old, you guys. I don't like this. <laughs> is that uh, your these friends, me? these internet friends you're talking about on the mm-hmm. in online? Mm-hmm. Do those kinds of conversations happen naturally? Like, how are you doing? What are the things in your life that you are struggling with? Or are the conversations uh, surface level? Like my conversations always have been in real life. <laughs> it's a mixture, I think. Like with people online if you don't always like talk to them out loud or, and I mean, if you don't ever talk to them like out loud, you start to learn their typing patterns and <laughs> how to tell if something is wrong based on how they type, which is very interesting to me. Yeah, I've always I haven't had enough been. internet friends to get used to that sort of thing. Um, well, you gotta like spend a lot of time with an internet friend and then eventually you notice with them um it's like a person by person thing i feel like and then that's usually the point which like hey are you okay <laughs> do I, can i help you with anything is there anything you need me to do is there anything i can do um there's also uh like if you talk to them like on such a call as we are on now like like pod listeners can't see this but we're on like a like a it's like a zoom call we can see each other hi if like such calls happen, then it's way easier to tell if someone's doing all right. Um, mm-hmm. And like how they're feeling because tone and like voice is so much easier to hear uh, differences through and like intent and meaning mm-hmm. and stuff. It it does get interesting on like our main friend group discord server though, the home one. Home mm-hmm. home. And it, like there's a whole a whole area in it. Hold on, let me pull it up. If I go to the server Is it the is it the politics section? There's there's the whole the 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 basement. Oh yeah, the basement. That has uh a politics channel, a thoughts channel. I don't I, it's I I don't get it. That thoughts is in like then, just rant about whatever you're thinking about. An interesting one is the vent channel, which is where <laughs> I hear about a lot of like the some of the personal problems of some of the friends that I haven't heard about before. And that's yes. how I find it. Like, that's how the, you know, it's not just like surface level anymore. You just mm. go into there. It's like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. You go into there, like, okay. So some some servers will, and by servers, I mean on Discord, because we use a lot of Discord, uh, Noah and I. On Discord servers, uh, there may or may not be a vent channel where you can just vent and people can kind of console you. And that is 
absolutely like if there is a vent channel there is absolutely going to be deep conversations and you're going to learn a lot about the intimate and personal lives of the people you are in chats with Mm. um because they're going to talk about like abuse or frustrations with politics or uh their like deep set opinions on things and stuff like that so you're saying that it's possible to have actual relationships with internet friends i'm gonna hit you i was gonna ask if it's covered by insurance or if it's out of network because <laughs> i'm gonna cry i find it <laughs> and the, the reason I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm connecting this to the to the future of the church and maybe a strength of your generation that i'm seeing but i'm, I'm still curious about this because i don't have friends on the internet uh but in in real life I find it extremely difficult to get those kinds of conversations to happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. I, there's not, you can't just go, there's not a corner of the church building where you just get a scream, whatever you want. Yeah. I'm um, not, yeah. well, there, there are certain churches like that. I've been to those churches, oh. but, um, yeah. but it's difficult to do that in real life for my generation. I feel. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. No, absolutely. It's and difficult so I, to do in real life. I, I wonder if that's going to be a thing that just being used to sharing that kind of thing one day will bleed into real life, but also just that important thing where you're sharing difficulties with people. You see other people's difficulties. If that'll balance the thing that we're all afraid of, which is that you guys are seeing this glamorized, fake, unattainable, you know, Instagram life out there. Mm -hmm. That's which certainly exists and certainly still happens. So I wonder if you see both though, if you see the like, Hey, other people are messed up or other people have problems or other people get frustrated or aren't perfect more than kind of we were able to. We certainly see a lot of that, um, specifically in parasocial relationships. Um, with Noah, Noah sighs. Um, like parasocial. Some, ooh, Define. I need to explain it, this term again. It gets really so, fun. Um, parasocial relationships are like... I don't. Let me just Google the definition really quick. Like, para, like ghost relationships, paranormal, no. uh, parasocial, okay, parasocial relationships. Parasocial. Parasocial relationships are one-sided relationships where one person extends emotional energy, interest, and time, and the other party, the persona, is completely unaware of the other's existence. For example, so like with like internet celebrities and influencers oh. and YouTubers. Um, like specifically. we feel like we know them really well, but they don't yes. even have a clue we exist. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, it's where like fans start being really weird with like content creators and right. influencers and yeah, namely like the one you might have heard on the internet. Um, if you ever heard of the YouTuber Dream? <laughs> no. If you haven't heard, you can of them, guarantee I'm that nobody our age has heard of Dream. Don't yeah. don't don't worry okay, about I'm it. Not don't, going to don't worry about it. <laughs> the the. No. the the but zero I, Gen Z viewers out there will understand what we're talking about. Well, I realized I have this. I have I have this thing you're talking about. So when mm-hmm. there's someone who posts regularly, I, for me, it's like friends of friends on Instagram or grown up TikTok, also known as Reels on Instagram, where people mm-hmm. where there are these people who are sharing their lives. Yeah, and it's kind of a the kind of content that you would expect pre-internet to have only been intimate friends right here's mm-hmm. a thing i'm sad about here's a here's a thing i'm frustrated about here's a weakness i have here's an imperfection i have mm-hmm. and 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 so i become i become invested in that 
and it's if I saw them in the airport, I would feel like I know who they are. I know their personality. I know mm -hmm. how you know what makes them laugh. Yeah, and, and obviously they don't know who I am. Yeah, and even and even if you may know a lot about them, even if you may actually like genuinely know a lot about them, um, which is like rare in and of itself. But I digress. Um, they still it's it's like still classified as like parasocial and so the thing about uh my generation is i feel that we're becoming more aware of the difference between genuine and parasocial relationships online mm. so when you start talking about your relationship with god or someone else's relationship with god <laughs> can you Sorry, like can you tell the difference between someone who they're describing a parasocial relationship and someone who is describing a what's what's the opposite of a parasocial relationship a genuine relationship Ge yeah genuine sorry i laughed because i thought you were going to jokingly ask like like so does everyone have a parasocial relationship with god well, that, no i'm i mean i'm, I'm implying that, that <laughs> you kind of there's something that. that people yeah. can that, i'm implying that people can i just asked it politely mm -hmm. <laughs> um yes. there definitely are people that i mean the way that God has been taught to me, I don't know, I assume it's similar to most people, but it's like, God loves you specifically and knows about you, and it's like, Ooh, that's a I, I feel like it was never necessarily parasocial, but also I feel like some parasocial relationships are kind of convincing yourself that they know you specifically or are making this content mm. specifically for you. Like the, mm -hmm. the whole comfort comfort streamer mm -hmm. idea where it's like, oh, this this streamer totally doesn't do streaming at all for money or their job, even though it is. But they just do it to, to make me feel better specifically. You know, it's like a weird type of parasocial relationship. I hate to call it weird, but I feel like it kind of is not the norm. That's really interesting, you Noah. Know? Well, I think it's it's not... I think to to Nathan's point, it's it's not that far off from the way a lot of people see God. It's that like I may know all kinds of things about God, and like I think in our very first episode of our podcast, Nathan joked about Facebook stalking God. But <laughs> it's like this one way relationship. Often, it feels and, like a one way relationship. Yeah, -way yeah, relationship. Yeah, often. like you hear. I at least I Even hear if it, a bunch maybe of. Not. I hear a bunch of like YouTubers that aren't Christian. It's like, oh, I making fun of like crappy Christians specifically, or it's like, oh yeah, I love it when you know God puts you know gives people like cancer and diseases and wars and yeah, that did always confuse me and made my faith in God a little bit wonky because it's like, why would mm. God? let wars happen if he's so powerful mm. and that reminds me of a different podcast mm. um if you've ever heard of good mythical morning Rhett and link yeah they have yeah. their podcast and they did Thanks. a whole like week of their deconstruction from their faith and they would describe themselves as no longer christian uh and i heard one of them saying is like why would i choose to believe a god in a, in a god that would you know, let murders happen or let like disease or let anything of this, any of this bad stuff happen, you know? Yeah. And it's, 
It's pretty interesting. I don't know. Those are some, you know, honestly, very heavy questions that people have been trying to figure out for thousands of years. Yeah. So I get it. What do you think people are get out of, you know, I guess both sides of those parasocial relationships. If you're the streamer with a thousand viewers, is that, that's a low number, a hundred thousand mm-hmm. viewers. Uh, what are those people getting out of it? And what are the, the viewers getting out of that kind of relationship that's drawing so many people towards that? And is your generation waking up to that phenomenon or more kind of drawn into the middle of that? I think that, I mean, people, there are certainly some people who are becoming like aware of the fact that people are forming parasocial relationships with them. Um, like I, I, I watch a few people on YouTube who were like, not to get parasocial on you, like as like a joke, but like, you know that they like, they know, <laughs> hmm. um, or like outright stating like, no, I will not uh, say that. Uh, that's p- too parasocial because I don't know you and I can't like mean that. But like, I think they're, I think the people who w- consume streamers and YouTubers and celebrities, it depends. Um, usually like a lot of times for entertainment, sometimes it's for comfort, sometimes it's for like security, like, oh, this one person like keeps doing all this cool stuff, even though my life is so tumultuous, they can provide a bit of comfort in their relatability because like they may like share a trait that you have. Like, for example, um, I found out, uh, I remember finding out that some YouTubers that I watch totally have like really like they ADHD like they have ADHD they've stated it explicitly um and I remember seeing that and like just hope soaring in my chest because if if other people with ADHD can be so successful like hey I can do that but there's also the like the humor aspect and like you just kind of like like them you're like hey i like this person i think Mm -hmm. they're neat um and on the streamer content creator uh celebrity influencer side of it i think it's uh it specifically on youtube i think it starts as a passion thing and then it grows and it's still it's still a passion thing but um money becomes part of it and that's not necessarily a bad thing. They're doing it because they love to do it and because they're getting money from it because it has become their the way that they make their living. And and like they still may like I know one specific YouTuber talks all the time about how he's like so happy that he can make other people happy and can make other people laugh. Like that's worth the world to him. Jack after guy. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean that, that sounds like a Jacksepticeye thing. King. You boomers wouldn't understand what we're talking about. <laughs> so I, I want to, can I ask you guys some questions about your feelings of deconstruction stuff? I like mm-hmm. it. I think it's cool. So <laughs> I want to know, so we have a lot of listeners who are old like me and Nathan, and they have kids and they may be going through like this rethinking faith thing as well. And we've had a lot of people question like, what's this going to do to my kids? <laughs> is it going oh. to screw them up? Is it going to make them atheists? That's a good I mean, question. Uh, yeah. So, Nate, no, no, why don't you start? What, what have, 
how have you changed or what have your feelings been? Like if I, if I said to you, how, what's life been like since your parents started like rethinking everything they believed? <laughs> um, I, I would probably say that life got better. Um, not like it was a drastic change, but it was nice to see that my parents were changing from like slowly going from we might accept this or from don't accept this at all and then slowly like we might accept this to eventually accepting it but kind of reluctantly and then eventually just being fully accepting and it's like super cool to see that and then also just like the fact that it, it encourages me. It, it, I don't know what's, what's the word. It gives me hope, I guess, that there are actually Christians that live by what, you know, the Bible is well known for, which is like being a good person and just being a, like not terror. It was like, be good to your neighbor, be good to your family, like honor people, you know. It's like love one another is like a huge thing in the Bible. And it's nice to actually see Christians like properly doing that without being hateful on the side, you know, where it's like they're, they're, they love people, but they only love this group of people. They don't really love this other group of people mm. that much because something or other, the Bible, I guess, you know, and yeah. I feel like the deconstruction is um, a a hundred percent positive in my opinion. I don't know. It's, there's not really been anything bad because like leaving the old church at first felt like a bad thing, but I realized it was probably just good to get out of that toxic situation. It's better to leave abusive than, relationship, baby. Yeah, it's better to leave than to stay and like, you know, the abusive relationship thing is like it's just like the normal thing that they always go through. So why would they want to change it? It's like more effort to change, but I think it's worth changing stuff like going to a different church. That's more accepting or maybe just having different beliefs at least, you know, what about you, Hannah? Can you please restate the question? Yeah. Feelings and thoughts about um, you as a, a child of two parents going through deconstruction and going to new church and upending yes. beliefs and and um, you're, you're five years older than Noah so I'm I know you've had a bit, bit of a different mm-hmm. you know, um, experience. I grew up with our old church and with the beliefs that we my family collectively used to hold. Um, and so I think, I feel that I see more of a drastic shift. Like I see it more explicitly, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's pretty cool. Um, but at the same time, I like, because of that, I remember the old church way better, Mm -hmm. um, and spent a lot more time in it. And I can tell you uh, not that you need informing father dearest. Um, but I can certainly say that 
leaving the old church was really hard and it mm. still is because <laughs> um, it's just so much emotion is tied up mm. in that regardless of whether or not they're or regardless of whether or not we agree with them anymore and agree with what they're teaching and how they're conducting things and it is it's like it's like the pain you feel after working out. It's like good in the long run, but it hurts. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that's one thing I can't exactly relate to, and it's kind of weird. I don't know why. I You're did valid. grow up from like a younger age, kind of, sort of, in the in in the old church, but I never had that close of a connection to it. Really, I. It's, it's just weird. another place where you grew up. It's. It's just another place I went to on Sundays, in my mind. It's mm. just like, you know, I never had that strong of a faith, I guess you could say. Because I was so young. It was like I was still figuring out how to be a human being. So it was weird to also figure out how to be like such a different person from the majority of you know, the people I knew at school were, like, not Christian. Most of them were not Christians. Like, a lot of people at school were, but I happened to befriend the ones that weren't. And it was, I, I don't an know. An interesting experience. It was an interesting experience. And I never ended up being that upset about leaving or, like, I, I it's weird. I, well, I, I, I mean, it makes a lot of sense because just from your age differences... You know, when, you know, like we quit going to physical church during COVID, March 15th, 2020, roughly. And that was, you know, we that was like two years basically before we, or a year and a half before we actually departed from that church, quote unquote. And so you were 12, 11 years old at the time. So, you, I mean, you didn't have as many close relationships with people and you didn't, like you said, you were still trying to figure out what this whole God thing meant. And it was still a lot of stories. So it makes a lot of sense. Why, why you have a different uh, experience. So what do you think about uh, how things have, where we are now church wise? I would say that the new church is really, it's, it's honestly a breath of fresh air when compared Mm -hmm. to old church. It's just like, it's so nice having people that are like are similar to me in their beliefs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. It's I don't know. It's a it's a process because I can relate to like the kids better at the new church than I could at the old church. You know. Yeah. I I. I, I was always like pushed to be like, hey, you should hang out with this kid because he's your age or whatever. And I don't know why I never really did that. I And that made it so... I feel like that was another reason that it was kind of easier to let go of the whole church, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's because I never really had that many close ties to people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a little strange. Yeah. No, I understand. Do not know exactly what God wants of me. 
He's only told me how to act towards you And I'm too far separated from the men who wrote the law Stand before you pointing out your flaws Sunlight warms my face and the air fills my lungs Summer sun brings growth and It's interesting, it's, you know, I, I know a core sample is we're really just asking two people, not a, a right. new generation. And still as interesting, though, I, I think there's always going to be strengths that each generation is bringing. Mm-hmm. Every older generation is always going to worry that the next one is backsliding or is to, you know doing something wrong but um, i solidly believe gen z's is acceptance and change sorry go on i just want to say that that's their backslide no that's no that's the thing that they're that's their at. strength sorry that's what i meant it's, it sounds like the same thing sounds like uh your acceptance is our backsliding but um yeah so um acceptance and change millennials are still figuring out what our strength is Avocado toast. Uh, yeah, it's good coffee. So you're welcome. <laughs> you're transitional. You're starting to prove to the older generation that, hey, there's a problem here. Hi, guys. Hi, we can change. Yeah. So anyways, that um, it's interesting, though, how each generation is going to adapt to the environment and how they live out their faith or ask different questions or grow in different ways, right, than the, than the previous one did. So. Uh, so interesting to hear that kind of stuff and and see that unfolding. So I do think that openness, uh, mental health wise, talking about uh, beliefs, talking about challenges, that's a that's a huge strength mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I agree the, on the strength because I so I said before on this podcast that you guys have both taught me a lot, and a, most of that comes to teaching uh, an old generation Xer like me to try to default to acceptance, like I was saying earlier, default to acceptance and love and start from there. And I think that's, it's a really good, it's a great place to start. And I I wish more people would start where you guys are. Mm -hmm. Um, So as we close out here, do you guys have any sage advice, spiritual or otherwise for the old folks out there? And I want you to go first. I think you said it. I think you said it perfectly. Uh, learn to default to acceptance. I, I I say this next bit with all the love in my heart for you parents. But every so often, like one of you will make a comment about someone's appearance or something like that, or like, oh, they're like this, and I'm like, what? Why would you say that? Shut up. <laughs> um. Yeah, default to acceptance and love. And be merciful in your assumptions about people and what they may or may not have gone through. That is the opposite of my personality. How do you, how do you, how do you change your default? The, the default is just the loading screen. Every time you notice that loading screen, go, mm, you backpedal, you're like, okay. Reboot, reboot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> try rebooting the system. Okay. Keep rebooting it whenever you notice it. Try your best. <laughs> What about you, Noah? You have any advice? Um, what would you change? What What are the things you you see the the church doing or us doing that you realize you think we need to do differently? I I would say, hmm. I mean, 
what Hannah said is basically what I would say, but wow, what would I add on to that? I guess um, one thing I, I like saying to people a lot, which never usually worked, um, is just don't be a bad person. Just try to be, just try to think through. It's like, would this make the other person feel like they were, they're unaccepted or whatever? Or like, would they, would they feel hurt because like you're criticizing or mentioning? Analyze what you're about to say before you say it. This is like, analyze, oh, is this thing homophobic maybe on accident? Because that's how I was raised. Maybe don't say it. <laughs> Because dad says it sometimes as a joke, <laughs> but I tell him to stop and he doesn't stop. Now we're getting the dirt. That's, know, what, I, that's what I was hoping would you come out. You joke with your kids to yeah. make a point and then they tattle on you on the podcast. Yeah, it's because that's why you said yeah, it's, we're, yeah, it's, it's, it's we're such so a... <laughs> We were too dirt. We were too dirt on Steve sharing time. We're making fun of dad. Open floor. Plenty of dirt. Hey, yeah. mom, you should add some dirt. Floor is yours. Uh, I can I can share dirt now. <laughs> yes, I'd I prefer you not share dirt. <laughs> please, 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 come on. Um, I don't I don't have any dirt. Dang it! <laughs> Good answer. Mom, you're so you you're so boring. You promised us, and then you let He's us down. Keeper. <laughs> okay, let me think. Um, no. no, that's enough time. Yeah, that's, really <laughs> yeah, that's enough. Close out. <laughs> Looks oh, like we're out of time for the show. See you guys Gen next Z. time. <laughs> Wait, we forgot about the Gen Z slang segment. Uh, oh, okay. No, we I think it. I've got it down. I've got it. <laughs> I, I will commit. I cap yo diggity. <laughs> I am el- elite. Is that one? I will. <laughs> okay. Tell us the the top three newest Gen Z slang things that we need to know about to make our day better okay i i know that you know about this one already mom and dad but um drip explain drip that's like a slow like when you slowly share a secret with someone no that is uh, we have real good clothes so you are i know you have the drip i have no clue where it came from I think like, it came from you, and you, it came from like a Rolex, which is like ice or whatever, and it oh, melts and it drips. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes. Oh, sense. so if you have the drip, that's good. Yeah, you if you have drip. Oh, have so drip. If you're soggy. No, <laughs> don't say soggy. You could say if you have drip or if you have the drip, either. Dude, you're, you're so soggy. soggy. You, don't ever say totes. Don't ever say totes. Stop. First off, that's a rule that will get you that's a, jailed. That's a while ago. Um. In many communities, yeah. I'm kidding. When the Gen Z are ruling, totes so cringe. one drip means if you yeah, have okay. drip, you're drip. you you look good. I have a, I have a second one. Oh, sorry. Uh, no. Okay. What's yours? What, you have another one. I have a very versatile one that you've probably mm. heard way way too much. It's used in so many situations. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to explain the most what, broad situations because the there are multiple. The word is bruh. I'm going to lose it. B-R-U-A. No, no, no. They know this. That's not your they, thing. He That's our this. thing, bruh. Yeah, but but to the old people bruh. listeners out there that are older Nathan. than, you know, no, me. No. Older than it, 20. It basically <laughs> can mean anything you want. It's, it's, it is it's a whatever, versatile you thing. You know? 
It's uh, if you want it to. Well, okay. Usually, the most common use cases incredulity. are like, bruh, as in like, bruh, that's yeah, super stupid. You know, like, bruh, like, <laughs> like, come on, come on, like, come on, or like, bruh, that's like super like, cool. Bruh. You know, it's like it's like if you took a sentence that started with bro and then a bro eventually turned what? into bruh, because like, are you person, mansplaining bruh? And then bro. <laughs> And then, bro, I'm gonna lose it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dad's taking a second. Mom's left. She's like, "Bye." Hold on, bro. A male well, I, friend. I, uh, I think I think the bra mean the fact that it can mean anything you want it to mean is just speaks highly to your uh, <laughs> the stance of acceptance and. And, you know, love of everyone. Are you saying that because you mean it? Or are you saying that to wrap it back up? <laughs> to pick it? Both. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm versatile myself. Well, thank you for being on my podcast, kids. Thank you for inviting us. I love you. Yeah, it's been enlightening in, in several ways. And I love you, Nathan. Um, <laughs> he waves. This was fun. No cap. Extra drip. Okay. Um, with I, uh, almond milk. Yeah, I see you guys. And... I'm going to leave the studio. <laughs> Stop using cap. <laughs> That's how we are. My generation are co- coffee. How do you order coffee? You say no cap. I said no drip, extra cap. I hope not. <laughs> you know, bruh. I'm going to bruh. I'm gonna pass away. I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning, except I'm not going to wake up because I'm going to have passed away. In my sleep due to. Right, well, I'll miss you. <laughs> just too much pain. I do, I'm, I'm going to hang I, up I passed now. away due to shock. <laughs> Goodbye, dad. Okay, bye. We're going to continue the podcast <laughs> on our own. <laughs> Thank you for having us. I appreciate Thanks. you. It was, it was pretty fun being here. Yeah. Good to talk to you guys. Uh, see you later, guys. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you got something out of the episode today. Check the show notes in your podcast app for all the links and references that were made, or you can find it all at followingthefire.com. If you'd like to support the show, please go to patreon.com slash following the fire to become a patron. And of course, we'd love it if you rate the podcast and share it with others. See you later. And I'll give you all my heart. Don't you know it's all I have? Even on my heart. I have been running Almost all my life But you You always chase me down